I know yes, good morning to you. Thank you very much for joining us today on gospelbestradio.com. If you're just joining us today, this morning, Gospel Best Radio is your community Christian internet talk radio with a mission to engage the contemporary culture with the mind of Christ. It's Tuesday, the 27th of June, and the program is on the Lord's side, Christian perspectives on news and current events. You can follow Gospel Best Radio on Twitter at Gospel Best Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi OG. Thank you so very much. And our first story this morning, the first story we're engaging with this morning is the story of the death, the unfortunate death, sad in fact, of three medical students who went on a boat ride while vacationing in Cross River State, Nigeria. And I have this report from Premium Times. It says Cross River government suspends boat operations after death of medical students. Cross River government suspends boat operations after death of medical students. I, I mean, the report is everywhere. You have it on different blogs in Nigeria. You have it on different media platforms because it is indeed uh, newsworthy. Not only that these students died, but that they died, it would appear primarily because uh, there was no guard on duty they were they did not just go to uh, to any place they went in fact to a resort that is highly priced i mean by nigerian standards and it's just so sad that at the time of this accident there was uh, no guard on duty and i'll, and I'll take it first from here the the, the 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 first report says three medical students confirmed dead in marina boat mishap and we can hear the voice of the uh, Commissioner of Police for Cross River State, I think, or the officer on duty confirming exactly what happened there. Listen to this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try and play it again. Just hold on. They recovered. We are taking them to where they will be preserved for now. The, His Excellency is not sleeping on that. He is already taking some actions. If you can see, the Marina Resort was shut down yesterday. And that is to tell you that this incident is taken serious. And all the measures needed to safeguard lives and property in this area of the economy is being addressed. And you will hear that in no distant time from the authorities concerned. Okay, okay, so, so I mean, that's the voice of the of, of a police officer there. I do not know his position or his rank, but that's the voice of the police officer. I just played from a video uh, confirming, in fact, that three medical students died while on a boat ride at the Marina Resort in Cross River State. One activist wrote, saying, three of these medical students, the lady on shades and two others, have now been confirmed dead thanks to the useless Cross River State government marina resort he says the marina resort charges exorbitantly yet no coast guard was on duty dysfunctional boats dysfunctional life jackets that's according to uh somebody who put himself out as a doctor now we cannot confirm uh the allegations here but it would appear to be the case because the cross river state governor himself immediately shut down the marina resort and also uh, suspended the operations there and also commissioned a sort of inquiry into into exactly what happened and one of the telling things about this story that made it so sad was that I mean, just before the boat capsized, just before that horrible, tragic incident, uh, there was a video of these medical students as they got onto the boats and they were so lively, right? So lively and, and, and full of life and enjoying life and looking forward to a beautiful ride on, on, uh, on that trip. So I saw that video and it really touched me. Okay, unfortunately, I mean, this is a radio program, so you can't really see the video. I'm looking at the video, I'm looking at one of the ladies now said to be dead, you know, putting on uh, some uh, sunglasses and, you know, just waving her head, seated in the boat and just ready to have uh looking forward obviously to a pleasant ride and it all stopped 
it all stopped uh, because the boat capsized. There was no guard on duty and uh, they could not be rescued. Uh, according to some reports, the life jackets were not uh, even in good in good condition. Now, the, 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 I mean, tragedies happen every day, you say. Yes, tragedies happen every day. But many times when tragedies happen, we should reflect, uh, probing the cause, asking ourselves real questions about the cause, and what lessons we can learn. And the more I reflect on this story, the more I reflect on the different aspects of this story, uh, the more I come away with, with, with clear lessons that we uh, can learn as, as Christians. I mean, one of the most obvious, right, is that, see, the way of life is that death comes at any time. Death could come at any time. And so uh, the Christian's motto should be that of the uh, of the Boy Scout: be prepared, be ready, be prepared at all times, be prepared at all times. And I, I mean, when I was preparing for this program, I said to myself, "This is what it says." So you are going even for uh, for a vacation. You are going on a vacation. You are going for for a party. You want to have a good. You, are, you want to have a good time. You are going for uh, for a light-hearted event where maybe it's just about eating and drinking or about dancing or about, you know, sunbathing in the sun, um, being in the sun, uh, or about swimming, something so light-hearted, it would appear, and it's not that it would appear, uh, the, the call to the Christian is, well, be sober, be vigilant at all times. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that uh, if they were probably more sober or more vigilant, they would have avoided this, uh, this incident. No, I'm saying that, well, if... If a Christian is called to always be sober, always be vigilant, not that evil days will not come, not that death will not come, but then it would mean that if a Christian is sober and vigilant, that Christian would always be in the spirit at all times. And at the hour of death would be in, in, in tune with God. There are some Christians, and maybe they should not be called Christians, Charles Paul John will call them professors, and not professors in the sense of being an academic, but those who just profess uh, Christ, those who profess his lordship but don't really uh, live as people uh, under the lordship of Christ. There are some professors, those who profess Christ, who, uh, who, who have segmented their lives. Uh, they can have a life where, okay, now this is like a serious part where I'm in tune with God, the only, I'm, I'm tuned to the Holy Spirit, and I'm listening to him, I'm, I'm sober, I'm vigilant, I'm following the Lord, and then there are times when they let down their guards, and then they say, look, this is party time, and then you look at them, and the way they behave, uh, maybe in the in, in how they drink, in how they just let themselves go, uh, and then dance, d- uh, dances that ordinarily you would not expect of someone uh, who, uh, who is godly, and then you say, look, I think people just have their lives compartmentalized, sort of. Now, again, I want to try and make the point as clear as possible. This is not saying that uh, if that one should always be, one should not join in celebrating things, you not have light-hearted moments. No, that's not what, we're, not what we're saying. Neither are we saying that uh, if you go about always serious, always like in the spirit that no, uh, that death will not come. That's not what we're saying. We are saying that it is important, it is important not ever to let down one's guard. And, and that's the Christian. You can never let down your guard. Even when you are dancing, even when you are at a party, you are doing it all uh, in a godly manner. Uh, of course, the apostle wrote it. And so whether you eat or drink, in whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God, to the glory of God. And I do really hope uh, that those medical students who perished, uh, that uh, they were Christians, that they knew the Lord, uh, that they were in right standing, that they were in right standing with God. I do not know for certain, but I mean, theirs is, is past. It is appointed for man who wants to die, and after the judgment, it is for us who are the living, you know, to learn the right lessons, to learn the le- right lessons, and to always, always see all these things as as parables of sort, parables of sort. But I think the more important engagement I want to have with this story is this, and I, I think I, I even regret that I spent so much time talking about about that phase, which is equally important. Maybe it's it's important for somebody out there to hear. But the more uh, the the one I really want to engage with here is the fact that there was no there was no guard on duty. There was no guard on duty 
to rescue uh, people uh, in distress. I mean, we're talking not just about uh, an open sea where these students just uh, went to. And no, uh, they went to the Marina Resort, one of the uh, one of the highly prized resorts in Nigeria. They went to that resort. They paid money to be there. You would expect that the resort would have made arrangements for for coast guards to always be on duty. Now, uh, it is right for us to focus on uh, the dereliction of duty by the Marina Resort or the corruption in government, generally Nigeria, or our, uh, our legendary attitude to duties and things like that, and to focus on the government or to focus on the, on the management of the Marina Resort, and we should. But, but you know what we should focus on more right now? Or maybe not more. We should focus on it. We are glad that the Cross River State Government is taking action as shut down the Marina Resort should indeed investigate what happened and punish uh, those who did not do their duties. Uh, that, there's a story I came across as well. I have that story saved uh, somewhere. Okay, and I'm going to get to it shortly. And I love that story. This is a story because we have there's a new governor in Cross River State, and that governor made the point. He made the point. Uh, I think yesterday or the day before yesterday, saying that Governor Otu, according to a report from the Nation Online, it says Governor Otu. That's the name of the new governor of Cross River. State, governor Otu to sanction culpable officials of resort and. This is a call from us here at Gospel Best Radio, uh, joining the calls of other well-meaning Nigerians to say that uh, this is one incident that should not be swept under the rug. Uh, this is one investigation that should be carried to its logical conclusion. This is one investigation where, uh, where corporates should be identified and punished according to the law, not because it will bring back the lives of those who are dead, but because it will serve as an example uh, to other people who have duties and who neglect their duties. Having said that, those of us on the Lord's side should view this as a parable of sorts. And for those who uh, listen from time to time to Pilgrim's Joy, uh, that uh, devotional on Gospel Best Radio inspired by Christian hymns. You must have read at one time or another uh, that particular episode inspired by the hymn, Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. I think the the best way for Christians to engage with this story, the story of, uh, of guards not being on duty, is to ask themselves, each of us to, should ask himself, ask ourselves and say, uh, what duty of mine what Christian duty of mine am I shirking? What Christian duty of mine am I not focusing on? And who are those perishing because I refuse to do my duty? That's a question, really, that uh, we should be asking. Even as we call on the government to probe this incident and to punish uh, those who shirk their duty, who neglect their duty, we should be asking ourselves, uh, what duty, what Christian duty am I shirking? What Christian duty am I neglecting? And uh, could, could it be that some are perishing because I'm not doing my duty? I remember that hymn, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying, Jesus is Merciful, Jesus will Save. And this, this story is coming uh, on a day when the, uh, when the episode on Pilgrim Joy Devotional uh, is along this line. It says, bring them in, bring them in from the cold. They say, call, come, bring in everywhere to every Christian, bring them in. And I think one, that, that's one of the lessons, one of the calls, one of the messages of Christ that we do not pay uh, much attention to nowadays, evangelism, going out there to rescue the perishing, to care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. You do not know when somebody, I mean, there, there are people around us, just look around, there are people who are, we need help, we need help. Many people are just there. Uh, every morning you see them, you come across them, but you just say to yourself, well, uh, it's not my duty, it's not my duty, or even when the Holy Spirit puts it in your heart, you just don't want to talk about it. But they are suffering. They are in need of the word of salvation. They are waiting on someone to lead them to, to, to Christ. Or, or rather, God is counting on one of his children to do that work. Because God works through means. He uses means. Uh, Romans ten fourteen. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? Indeed, uh, any Christian who does not see an unbeliever as a perishing person has not yet come uh, to faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you believe the whole of the Bible, if you believe that there is consequence uh, uh, to sinning, if you believe that there is consequence to not being on the Lord's side, then you must see everyone who is not on the Lord's side as perishing and as your duty to step in and act as a duty to step in and and rescue such a one in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we reflect on the story uh, of this sad story, this tragic story of the medical students who lost their lives in that boat mishap at the Marina Resort in Cross River State, we are reminded that, well, there is no time when a Christian goes on vacation. Even a Christian who is really dancing and celebrating a good thing cannot go on vacation. You must still be in tune with the Holy Spirit at all times. There is no time when you just put off your headgear and say, look, okay, this is a time to relax because... You do not know. As our Lord said about the end of the age, nobody knows the hour of the time. So uh, is it the truth that no human being knows the very time that the Lord will say, uh, come home? That's one lesson to to bear in mind. Uh, the second is to, of course, to make it our civ- civic duty uh, to call on the government of Cross River State not to sweep this matter under the rug, to pursue its logical conclusion, to punish those who are are culpable for not having guards on duty. And the third uh, engagement we can have with this story is to direct it to ourselves and to ask ourselves, are there duties I'm shirking? Are there duties I'm neglecting? And could it be that some people are perishing uh, because I'm I'm failing to do my duty? I've spoken about uh, the duties to speak to people about a lot of civil Jesus Christ. There are other duties. Maybe the duties to pray. Maybe the duty to help. Maybe the duty to give a gift. You know? Maybe the duty to... To say a kind word, to say a kind word, and who knows uh, those who are perishing uh, because many of God's children, many of the people on the Lord's side would not be on duty. Let the lower lights be burning. That's what that hymn says. Let the lower lights be burning uh, because some poor uh, sinner uh, may be saved if you keep your light burning. Keep your light burning, dear people. And uh, even as we engage with this story, on those three points, we pray that the Lord will comfort uh, the families of those who lost their lives in that boat mishap. And yes, thank you very much for staying with us this morning on Gospel Best Radio for On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. Next, I want to engage with this story, the story of the nudist, uh, the nudist from uh, from the from the uh, from the Pride Parade. Uh, if you're a regular listener to this program, and of course, if you uh, uh, if you follow news from from the West and from Northern America, you know that. Well, June is often celebrated by the sexual revolutionaries as Pride Month, and we've engaged with this, uh, with this, uh, with, with this, with this celebration a number of times on on this program. Uh, the very reason why it is called Pride Month, uh, I mean, that's another topic entirely. But but that's what it is. So you have uh, homosexuals, you have members of the LGBTQ community, you have those who believe that gender is fluid, that it is it is not uh, it is not that it is plural, the plurality of gender. You find them all of them coming together in June and saying this is our Pride Month. This is the time when we say that look, we are not ashamed of who we are. We are not ashamed of what we are doing. We love it. And that is why many times we make the distinction here because one of the pushbacks from the culture is to say that, look, you Christians, why are you so gung-ho? Why are you so, uh, why are you so focused on homosexual behaviors when, in fact, all sins are equal? And indeed, all sins are equal. If you are lying, if you are stealing, if you are committing adultery, uh, you are as guilty before God, right, as the person who is a homosexual because, in that case, uh, both you and they, you are flouting the law of God, but I always hasten to point out that there is a difference between someone who commits a sin 
acknowledges that he has committed a sin and then goes to God asking for forgiveness. You see, in acknowledging that you have sinned, you are showing humility. You are showing that God is the, is your Lord. That God Almighty is your Lord. He rules over you. The reason why you are sorry for sin is because you are acknowledging that you have flouted the law of someone who has authority over you. So when a sinner goes to God in repentance, that sinner is maybe not so many words, clearly saying that I acknowledge that you are God. I acknowledge that your word is binding on me. And that is why I come to you asking for forgiveness. Otherwise, if you do not acknowledge the Lordship of the Lord God Almighty, if you don't acknowledge that his word binds you, then you just say to yourself, I did what I wanted to do, so uh, why should I account to anybody? Uh, the sinner who confesses and, and goes to God for repentance is the one who knows himself to be under the Lordship of the Lord God Almighty. That's on the one hand. So on the other hand, people who engage in pride parades like this, who say, look, this is who we are and uh, we account to no one. There are people who are living in open rebellion against God. It's open rebellion against God. They are saying, look, I don't care. I don't care what the word of God says. I don't care what God's views are. I don't care what God's prescriptions uh, are for the society or for me. I am who I am. I am going to live the way I want to live. And that's the difference between, and that's the that should be our response when we hear the culture say, look, don't focus on homosexuals, don't focus on these people because all sins are equal. Yes, all sins are equal. No one is, uh, no one who is sinning should be condemning other sinners, but we should never hesitate uh, to, to expose evil and, of course, again, to rescue the perishing. Again, as Apostle Peter wrote, First Peter 3.15, it is our duty, even when we engage with all these people, not to engage with them from a superior uh, from a superior pedestal, from a higher pedestal, but to engage with them as to entreat them, rather, to entreat them lovingly and to bring them uh, to the knowledge of the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But this is the part we want to engage with in this, uh, in this story. We should be asking ourselves, well, it is one thing, right, to be homosexuals, to engage in homosexual behavior, it is one thing to believe that, well, uh, gender is fluid and it is possible for somebody born uh, in a particular biological gender to now identify as another, uh, which we disagree with, but that's only one thing. Then why should you guys also be nude, totally nude uh, during your parades? So we have this from New York City, uh, and, and the picture, even Fox News cannot, of course, naturally don't expect any credible uh, media platform to to put out pictures of uh, totally nude individual, but that's what we have on the streets of New York City in in the U.S. and and in Canada as well. I saw a report about uh, about a rather the Pride March in Toronto as well. You have adult people, men and women, totally nude, nude on the streets of New York City, and saying, "Accept your natural self." I'm reading from one of the placards carried by this by this person. Another, I see a woman. Or maybe a man who is just obese, <laughs> but totally nude. Of course, uh, new, uh, of course, uh, Fox News has used some technology to uh, to cover their genitals. One is holding a placard saying "Accept your natural self." Another is holding another placard saying "Free your body, free your mind." And you can see the uh, the the deceptions in all these in all these so-called maxims: "Free your body, free your mind." Well, so. And that is why it is good for all of us to be well grounded in the Bible. If you want to free your mind, what is the what is the path to freedom really? What is the path to freedom? People don't know that true liberty is to be found in Christ. And so uh, you have this on the streets of New York City. People are priding themselves like this. Now, uh, Satan is saying to them, look, free your body and then your mind will be free. Well, when uh, these protesters, when they get home, or I wish one uh, would be able to ask any one of them who participated now that you have paraded yourself in the nude uh, is your mind free have you have you gained that freedom you are so desperately looking for and you see so many uh, human beings go about life saying look i want to be free i want to be free and what the secular culture teaches is that if you truly want to be free, you need to do away, you need to do away, throw away the yoke of religion, throw away the yoke of God, and then you are free. 
Because then you are not under anybody's law. You are not accountable to anyone. You are just your own. Throw away the yoke of 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 religion. Throw away the yoke of of uh, being under God uh, of religion, and then you are free. But there is nothing more false than that. So you, you remember that call of our Lord when our Lord said, and, and he said, our Lord, of course, because he's Lord, he anticipated all this and he said uh, to you, he gave that invitation to all who would come. He said, look, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle, sweet, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my burden is light, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The secular culture teaches that when you come to God, then you are taking on every burden, the every burden of don't do this, don't do that. But do, we know, those of us that we know so well that Christianity and following Jesus Christ is not about don't do this or about don't do that. It is joy in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that leads us into all things, that gives us the grace to, uh, to, to obey the laws of God. True freedom is to be found in subjecting oneself to God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the secular culture teaches otherwise. But there is no, uh, there is, there, there is no uh, darker lie than that. Of course, the devil, as as our Lord teaches us, is the father of lies. He has been lying from the beginning, and is the father of lies. And that's exactly what's happened to these people. Satan is just making a mockery of them, parading themselves in the nude everywhere, and supposing themselves. To be wise, outside, outside, putting themselves in the nude and supposing themselves to be wise, supposing themselves to be free. And of course, we recall as Christian thinkers, we recall uh, what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 16 All the sorrow of them who hasten after that God. All the sorrow of them who hasten after that God. You know, this is what Satan does to them. He makes a mockery. He makes a mockery of them uh, under the guise of. Of being free. So, so for you to be free, go and walk naked and show that you are free. Making a mockery of them. I mean, go and read through the Old Testament. You find that uh, when people are made to walk nude, and it's not only in the Old Testament, even in many, many cultures from time immemorial until uh, the insanity that is gripping the whole world, it is part of the curse that God placed on the ungodly that they will be made to walk naked. Because there is no way where uh, it is a sign of nobility. There is no way, there is, there, there's been no time in history where it was a sign of nobility uh, to be naked or to have one body's part exposed. Noble people don't do that. And that's one of the, uh, one of the truths that comes to us a priori. It comes to us, you don't even need to think about it. That noble people don't go about walking naked. So, you see, if your worldview, if your uh, philosophy, your worldview requires you to walk naked on the streets, not only on the streets of New York, even on the streets of anywhere, even in your own house, if it was, then you know that that cannot be of God. There's nothing noble about that, not to talk about godly. There's nothing noble about it, not to talk about godly. And if your worldview tells you that the only way to uh, be free is to debase yourself, then you know that it's not the voice of a loving God. It is not the voice of a holy God. It is the voice of the devil himself who wants uh, to ridicule people. All the sorrow of those who follow other God. But that's not the end of the story. The story is even uh, more concerning because uh, many of those marchers were not only saying free your, body, free your body, free your mind. They were, not only, they were not only saying, no, it's my body, I can do what I would with it. They were also saying something that uh, we, uh, many Christians, have been saying a long time ago. Now they are saying the quiet parts out loud, saying we are coming for your children. Not, we are coming for your children. Because, you see, many people, t- okay, okay, let me even take some steps back. On the one hand, you have p- those people who were walking naked, who, who parted themselves nude, right, on the streets of New York and Toronto and I think on many other, many other cities in the world as well. On the other hand, you, have, you found those who lined up the streets, cheering them on, 
and taking pictures and videos. Well, for those who took pictures and videos, we may say that well, thank. We, should, we may perhaps say, look, we we are thankful that he did that, so that we can have stories like this to reflect on and to learn from. But people were cheering them on. I would expect that. I mean, I do not expect that. I would, if I were in New York or in any city where such a match was taking place, I do not suppose that I would go there uh, to even watch or to cheer them on. Perhaps should have that should have been left to to professional journalists just to cover it as a news item. But the fact that there were people even lining the street, cheering them up or watching them, uh, it says a lot about the culture. It says a lot about the culture. I mean, what 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 were you doing there? For what purpose? Why would you? I, I mean, is your time not valuable to you that you suppose that uh, your time uh, would be well spent by uh, by lining the streets to watch Pride Month uh, people in a parade, and many of them nude. I mean, I dare say that it is not uh, a a good and it is not. Uh, a good stewardship of one's of one's uh, of one's time to spend one's time doing something like that. It can't be a proper stewardship of your time to to do something like that and to spend your time watching people like that. Spend your time uh, cheering people on like that. So you have those who persuade in the parade themselves who say who are saying, "Look, this is who we are in the parade." On the other hand, you have people who are cheering them on, who are learning the streets and cheering them on. And then on the and then again we now have those among those who were marching, who were who, who were singing, who were chanting, according to this report from Fox News saying, We are coming for your children, we are coming for your children. And this is the part that is so disconcerting. I want to read this. So it says LGBTQ activists in New York City's annual drag queen parade chanted, We are here, we are queer. We are coming for your children. We are here. We are queer. We are coming for your Okay, I wanted to mention the third category. The first category, those who are participated in the march. The second, those who lined the streets to cheer them on. The third, those who took their children to the parade. Those who took their children to watch the parade. And I'm asking, oh, what is wrong with you? What do you think is your duty to your children? What do you think you are, uh, you are building to the heart of these children when you take them? Uh, to watch parades like that. What are you, t- are you telling them? You are telling them obviously that, look, this is the way the culture is. Uh, don't be shocked by this. You are introducing them to the... So some people not only attended the parade to watch it, to cheer them on, they also took their children there. And of course, perhaps seeing the many children, those who were participating in the parade, were also saying, yes, we are here, we are queer, and we are coming for your children. Uh, this report says the group of hundreds of drag queens and other members of the LGBTQ community marched through New York City's uh, Tompkins Square and were chanting, we are here, we are queer, we are not going shopping, we are here for your children. I think we know that already. We have discussed that over and over again, uh, that one of the objectives of the uh, sexual revolution is to catch them young, to catch them young. So the same objective, the same mission that the Lord God Almighty gave to you and gave to me to catch them young, that same objective now uh, the sexual revolution has also adopted because it is clear that uh, the art of children, the art of a child is like a tabula rasa, as John Locke wrote, a, a blank slate, and you see the word must proceed to write its impression on it. God has given us that duty from Deuteronomy saying that, look, a sin, a sin to write, uh, to write godly impression, to write my laws on the hearts of these children. And Jesus echoed it when he said, look, anyone who misleads any of these children uh, uh, should has done something so horrible that it would be right and proper. It would the punishment awaiting that person would be as as drastic as having a millstone round that person's neck and then thrown into uh, thrown into the waters. It's so sad that this is where we are, but I think just a reminder to all of us on the Lord's side that our duty to contend for the hearts of the young people is um, more urgent now than ever before. We are coming for your children. That's something we've always known, but now that the quiet part is being said out loud, all that we ourselves, all that, all that we ourselves, we take on this duty and not, and not relax at all.
And next, I want to play this video clip. This is uh, this is obviously uh, the voice of a comedian, but uh, I wanted to listen very carefully. So, once you open this video, it says it is like an interrogation. Someone asking a man who, as indicated, is resolved to leave a particular country. This man says, I'm going to leave this country. He's leaving the country. And somebody asking him, why are you leaving? Said, oh, because of homo- because of uh, homosexuality. And people are asking, well, why are you leaving? Because of, uh, because of the culture's attitude to homosexuals. And then he attempted to trace how his country dealt with homosexuals centuries ago and how the culture relaxed his views about opposition to same-sex relationships and then he ended on a note that uh, many people found hilarious you know that it's indeed hilarious but that is sobering as well i want you to listen to it and tell me uh, what you think about this i was talking to a man the other day who was leaving decided to immigrate decided to leave this country and i said why are you leaving he said it's homosexuality <laughs> i said what are you talking about he said, 300 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were hanged, drawn, and quartered. 100 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were hanged. 50 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were flogged and given 20 years in prison. 20 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were fined 200 pounds and sent to prison for two years. Five years ago, if you were homosexual, you had a small fine and you were pardoned got off with a warning. I said, well, what are you leaving for? He said, I'm going before they make it compulsory. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to try and play that again, but, but, but let me just explain for those who may not get it directly uh, from that audio clip. Uh, this comedian was saying that, well, uh, I met a man who wanted to immigrate, wanted to leave our country, and I said to him, look, why would you leave our country? He said, well, it's because of homosexuality. I said, well, well, I mean, why would you leave because of homosexuality? He said, well, listen to this. 300 years ago, in our country, if uh, uh, if a person was homosexual, that person was was hanged and quartered. Of course, that's not something we are, we are affirming here. Uh, in those days, you know, it used to be more ruthless. The person was hanged, and then even his, the body cut into two. We said 100 years ago, the person was just hanged, not quartered. Uh, 50 years ago, the person was neither hanged nor quartered, but merely flogged 100 years ago. Uh, no, that's 50 years ago. The person was neither hanged nor quartered, but flogged. And then 20 years ago, uh, the person was not flogged, not hanged, not quartered, of course, but uh, made to pay a fine and then sent to prison. And I said five years ago, uh, the fine was even reduced and then there was no prison time. And, and the man said, I asked, okay, so what's the big deal? So why are you leaving? He said, well, uh, looking at how the culture has relaxed its opposition to homosexuality over the years, I want to leave before the culture makes it compulsory for everybody to be homosexuals. I was talking to a man the other day who was leaving, decided to immigrate, decided to leave this country. And I said, why are you leaving? He said, it's homosexuality. I said, what are you talking about? He said, 300 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were hanged, drawn, and quartered. 100 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were hanged. 50 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were flogged and given 20 years in prison. 20 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were fined 200 pounds and sent to prison for two years. Five years ago, if you were homosexual, you had a small fine and you were pardoned. Got off with a warning. I said, well, what are you leaving for? He said, I'm gone before they make it compulsory. Of course, so I mentioned earlier on that, of course, that was a, a, a comedian speaking there. But it's not, it's not difficult for us to really uh, identify with this. It's not difficult for us to see how the society has been relaxing uh, its opposition to homosexuality over the years, over the centuries, maybe. And there are some people who think, uh, who, who philosophically say that, look, uh, this is something that is going to be because uh, that is the nature of of the society that from time to time we find 
Sorry about that. That from time to time, we find that something that was uh, rejected at first, something that was opposed at first, uh, with time, that it begins to uh, to open its hands towards it. I remember people are saying that even about uh, conservative churches now. They say, okay, yeah, we understand that you don't support this, you don't support that. Don't worry. In the course of time, in the fullness of time, you are going to embrace embrace these things. I just, I just want to put it out there that even if that is true about how the culture works, even if there is ample uh, there is ample evidence to show that from time memorial the culture has always relaxed its opposition to things that things have changed over the years. Well well let it not be you who one day we say that well this is where we are now let us adopt let us do what the world is what the world is doing we are not called to be like the world we are not called to be like we are called to be separate we are called to be the peculiar ones we are called to be the ones who do not conform the non-conformists so it may be far-fetched right now that the time will come when it will be compulsory for everybody, when it, when it will be compulsory for everyone to be homosexual. Maybe it will not be because of that, but it is not out of the ordinary, even right now, for us to contemplate a time when it will be compulsory for everybody, at least to affirm, to affirm the rightness, to affirm the correctness of uh, homosexuality. The time will come, uh, and, we, and it's not difficult to see now uh, that if... Uh, if you're opposed to it, you may be one of those who will not be allowed to buy and sell as predicted uh, in the book of Revelation. So it is not beyond contemplation uh, that that's, that will come. And I do hope uh, that uh, when that time comes, and I said when, maybe we should have said if, but at this point, it is not out of place for us to say when it comes, because it appears that is where it is going. When that time comes, I pray that you, you receive the grace to stand firm for what you know is the truth. And next, I want to go to this story, the story of a pharmacist who deactivated her account after making shocking revelations on Facebook. And you see, this person wrote something very shocking on Facebook and immediately or soon after realized that, oh, although she wrote what she truly meant, that could get her into trouble. And you see, what she wrote, she really set us thinking about this desire for revenge. I wanted to read this. I wanted to listen to this. This is what she wrote, and she has since deleted. She did not only delete uh, the post. According to this report, she also deleted her account because it could get her in some criminal uh, trouble. She wrote saying, If I marry and my husband decides to cheat, hmm, laugh out loud, as a pharmacist, I have access to silent and slow killers. I won't even act like I know you are cheating. I will play submissive wife. Even when I catch you, I will forgive. I will add just a tiny drop for you every day. You will be dying, but slowly. And you will need a thorough all-round body check to detect the poison in your bloodstream. It has very similar side effects like mal- malaria. So you would most likely be treating malaria. I have sold this sweet portion to a few women and they all got away with it. I repented and so I stopped selling. As my man, your life is in my palms. I decide how long I want you to live. Wow. That's chilling, right? That's chilling. Did you hear that? This woman saying, her name Claire Anu, I could say, and somebody, I mean, took a screenshot of the post and that's why we have it here. But after, but she has since deleted her Facebook. He said, if I marry and my husband decides to cheat, uh, I, I, will, I will act like I'm the submissive wife. I will even pretend that I forgive you, but then I will add poison, slow-acting poison uh, that will make it look like you have malaria. You'll be dying slowly. That's on the one hand. That's what she wrote that she would do if she got married and her husband cheated on her. Well... That would be wrong. But now there's a confession there saying that I have sold this sweet portion to a few women and they all got away with it. Although she, has, she wrote that they have repented and so I stopped selling. But my man, your, as for my man, your life is in my palms. I decided how long I wanted to live. Wow. Wow. So, so when the... Uh, sorry, when... 
when our Lord God Almighty said, when the Lord God Almighty said, the heart of man is desperately wicked, who can know it? Who can know it? This is an example of it. This is an example of it, of a man that has not been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. A mind that says, well, I will pretend like I have forgiven. I will pretend like I'm... That I forgive your name, but then this is what I would do. And for me, number one, is this desire for revenge. I, I, I do pray. Uh, anytime I say these things, I always, I, I think I, one should be humble enough to say, look, I've never experienced it. I do not pray to experience it. And frankly, you do not know how you're going to react if you experience what other people have experienced. But it is important to always point to the scriptures and to say that, look, ask God, ask God, leave everything to God's judgment. Leave everything to God's judgment. As someone said, look, if a spouse is caught cheating, the other spouse, if Christian, should, in addition to, to feeling hurt, rightfully so, in addition to feeling, being angry, should also, in a Christian way, be concerned for the spiritual health of the cheating spouse. Because if the cheating spouse also professes the lordship of Christ, then you should be concerned for the health, for the spiritual health of that cheating spouse and should be praying for that cheating spouse. I mean, it takes maturity in the faith to do that. But even for those who cannot get to that stage, even if you cannot get to the stage of, even if you cannot get to the stage of uh, that, that spiritual marriage, even if you have not attained that spiritual maturity yet of praying for those who hurt you, of praying for a cheating spouse to come back to the faith, to come back uh, to repentance, if you, if you are not God, that you should not get to the stage of, of exacting revenge for yourself. And what this lady wrote is truly chilling. And the fact that she confessed that she has sold the portion to other women seem to indicate that there are so women like that, many women like that who will pretend like the submissive wife and say, okay, I forgive you. Just be careful. Just don't do it again. But you have hurt me, but I'll, I'll let this go. And then the, the man goes on his merry way and continues his way. Or even if he does not continue, the woman is already killing him because she has refused to forgive uh, and she's exacting revenge. And this is not only about women. There are some men who do it as well. Everybody knows that, I mean, once you are married, uh, practically your life is in the hands of your spouse because, I mean, somebody prepares your food and you have access to prepare the person's food as well. I mean, exactly, it can happen, but how, how, how indicative of the, of the, of the death, of the evil lurking in the hearts of men and women, and this is this is the much we can say for those of us on the Lord's side. It should never be the case that you are going to want to exact revenge for yourself. Vengeance is mine, and I always say this: if the whole world would leave, if all of all of us Christians would live by this, if we would live by this, acknowledge that that vengeance is the Lord's, and that we would not exact vengeance for ourselves. That vengeance is the Lord's. We let Him, and we let Him fight for us, and. And, and bring us justice. See, there'll be so much peace in the world. There'll be so much peace in the world. You just go on your merry way. Uh, be gentle. Be wise as serpent, but be gentle as doves. Do no evil. Do no evil. And you see, the heart of man, the Bible is correct. The heart of man continues to be desperately wicked. And it is only, it is only the grace of God. It is only the Holy Spirit that can regenerate the heart of man. Unless the Holy Spirit intervenes to generate uh, uh, the heart of man, it will continue to be so wicked. And that is the example that we saw there wow horrible right okay and finally on this episode of on the lord side very quickly i want to talk about uh, a story that i came across uh, this morning published on the nation Online NG. Of course, Nation Online NG is the is the internet platform for the Nation newspaper. Okay, this story is not opening. I hope it opens. Uh, it is the story titled "Fugitives in India: Big Shots in Nigeria." Fugitives in India, big shots in Nigeria. I I, I had come across this uh, this story earlier on, but now that it's published uh, on this media platform, we can we can engage with it. It's the story of two Indian brothers who, according to many reports, are haunted at home. But 
According to many reports here, they have invested so heavily in the Nigerian oil sector that some say they have actually taken over the Nigerian oil sector. And of course, according to this report from the nation, uh, the former Attorney General of the Federation, Mr. Malami, said uh, that he would not extradite them. So uh, the nation of India has been demanding that Nigeria should extradite these uh, two brothers who, according to the Indian government, are facing uh, multiple criminal allegations in India. They are called the Sandesera brothers, the Sandesera brothers. So uh, this report says they are fugitives in India, but big shots in Nigeria. According to this, there's a thin line between diplomacy and indiscretion, and Nigeria is cutting its borders. No thanks to the federal government dealings with Indian fugitives, uh, the brother, the Sandesera brothers. According to India, they are facing multiple counts of fraudulent activities. But in Nigeria, they are living big in Nigeria, investing heavily in the Nigerian oil sector and living, of course, as expatriates, as rich, uh, fantastically rich expatriates in Nigeria. I don't, want, I don't want to go deep into the story except to engage with it on this level that there are many people like that who in their home country, in their home, they are fugitives. And when I say home here, I'm referring to the heavenly home. They are fugitives at home. They are not at peace they are not at peace with the home government in heaven but they are living large here and the closest example we have is the story of lazarus and that rich man that our lord told when the rich man you know was living large here was a big shot on earth but he had no home in heaven he had no relationship with his home government he was not reconciled uh, to his home government who was living large in in the world and of course you know how that story ended when he eventually got home he was thrown into the lake of fire and the man who was not living large on earth was the one who was in communion with his own government of course i mean these stories are not all, on all fours somebody who is running from a government in in this world from his own government in this world may he may live a full life right anywhere else in the world may even die and arrange for him for him to be buried uh, in the foreign country and there'll be no uh, no big deal about that but you see uh when we draw that parallel between the home government in heaven and air on earth we find that those who are wise they know that uh even if you live as a big shot here in the world oh be sure be sure above all else that you are reconciled to your own government because what shall it profit a man right what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and then to lose his soul in the fire of hell thank you very much for joining us today for another episode of on the lord's side by the grace of god i look forward to bringing yet another episode tomorrow whatever you do today please remain firmly on the lord's side god bless you god bless you very good you are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.